let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions and we're back in your ears once again. The beer is in the glass and we're ready to go, aren't we, Martin? We are indeed. And first beer is from Fine Ales. Who knew that we'd have another Fine Ales beer so so soon again? Continuing um, a theme there. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and, and why not? I mean, this one is part of their collaboration that they did as part of the Toast Companion series for COP26. Um, supposed to be quite a nice light. They call it a New World Pale Ale. I mean, it looks lovely in the glass. Yeah, it's got a great nose on it as well. It's like that, this really sort of tropical, juicy nose to it. Pineapple-y. Yeah. Sort of yeah. nose on it. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, it's quite a tropical flavour, actually, isn't it? It is. And I think you, you said on the aroma about pineapple, that's um, a real dominant flavour in, in it, but not in a sweet, syrupy way. It's like fresh pineapple and then there's this lovely bitterness after it after it as well so it's not it's not a juicy beer so to speak but it's it's got lots of juice and tropical flavors but it's got a lovely cutting bitter finish to it yeah it's sort of almost like a an earthy dryness to it towards the back end as well it's um really well balanced but yeah the, the that sort of fruity aroma and fruity flavor is almost one you'd associate more with a getting more towards the, the thicker or dark or heavier kind of a style in, in both clarity and mouthfeel. Um, this is just, it looks as light as a yarl in the glass, to be honest, to me. Yeah. What, what is it for? Oh, 5% as, as well. So it's not, not exactly light on the ABV, but it's, I mean, it's, it is a, it's a tasty beer. Yeah. I, I could do a few pints of that one. I reckon pintable. Yeah. I think yes. would be the phrase. Yeah, yeah. And and this is part of, I think you mentioned it in your introduction, this. this is part of the Toast Companion series, which you mentioned on the last show that you had gone to the launch of. Yes, yeah, the, when I went to the, when I went to the Tate Modern. Um, this, I can't remember if this was one of the beers I tried on the evening or not, so apologies for that. But um, it is really tasty, but yeah, part of that, it's 26 beers, with 25 breweries, I think is the way it worked. Because I think Toast did two. Yeah, they've made two of their, 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 themselves, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. And the rest are part of the companion series. So I don't think they're collaborative recipes, so to speak. But the principle behind it is that all of the other breweries have used bread waste product as part of the malt bill or to replace the malt bill. I recall when we were chatting with Jamie at Fine Hours that after this, they're actually exploring if they can do this more with their specials, aren't they? About using the, the bread waste. Yeah, because he uh, and I, I think this was this was off air when we were chatting with him. He was saying that he's he was so impressed with he he was a little bit skeptical first of all in terms of whether it would work, but he was so impressed with the that the final product that actually they're looking at it in terms of how can we use this process to help reduce waste and have an impact on the environment a- across the brewery. Um, and, and I think that's that in itself is what this series is, is, is trying to do, isn't it? It's, it's trying to get breweries to make one or two little changes that can have 
a little bit of an impact. And obviously, the more momentum you get out uh, from that, the more breweries that you've got making little changes starts to have a bigger impact on, on the environment, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the, the main things that Jamie was saying is that it was the neutrality of using the bread waste. I think they replaced 10% of the malt bill with the bread waste. And he said they didn't notice any real difference in the outcome. And I think that's the bit which impressed him the most, is that up to a certain level, it didn't really impact what they were trying to achieve with the beer anyway. But yeah, I think it's about pricking the consciousness, isn't it? Like we do at home. Um, whether that be the you know recycling of your cans, glasses, whatever it might be, or plastic products, um, <clears throat> maybe reducing how much food you're buying so you're wasting less of it. You know, th- th- most of what we can achieve are small changes yeah. ourselves and smaller companies. But if everyone starts making small changes, and that would apply to so many other things, but for this particular thing about food waste, then it's got to make some sort of impact, even if people don't necessarily notice it. And it feels to me like there must be a eventually an economic benefit as well, potentially. Well, it's, at least that's how it, it feels like that, how it, it makes sense to me. But somewhere along the line, there's, a, there's an economic benefit to these small companies to reuse stuff that w- would just go to what, landfill or be wasted. So, you know, I think I think it, I said at the time, I thought it was a really great initiative then. I think it's a great initiative still. Um, and, you know, we've got another couple of beers to, to feature on the show tonight. And um, they, they sort of come from the box that I purchased the day after I'd been to the launch anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually really looking forward to finding out what, especially one of them. I, there's one I'm definitely looking forward to finding out what you think, because I've had it. And there's one that I'm curious to try the in between as well. So it's, it's the, like I said, the best thing is surely that still the outcome of the beer is good. Well, yeah. I mean, if you were, if you were to put this beer in a lineup with other beers that weren't brewed with surplus bread and you told someone to, to find the beer that was, I, you wouldn't be able to pick that out of it. And, and, and I, I guess that's exactly what the, the whole ethos behind toast is is that these these beers shouldn't taste like surplus bread they, they should taste like beer and the surplus bread is just being used so that it doesn't get wasted precisely that couldn't agree more i'm sure we'll touch upon it maybe a, a few other occasions during the show but i think that's a really good summing up steve well we'll continue to enjoy this beer while we catch up with what our listeners have been saying about the show let us know write it down let us know write it down let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness write it down first up uh all about the opinions 163 are you excited and it was johnny beer boy who said great show again guys lovely old school feel rambling about things new and old Martin really lulled in it over all of us with his beery adventures. He almost deserved the lavender whip beer just for giving us adventure FOMO. And then from Paul at UNRCD, just started listening. One thing that Martin didn't mention was about the toast companion box again. Uh, and that was the cost of which is, it's not, it was £90 for that box, wasn't it? And £26 of that uh, is split between two charities. Uh, Paul can't wait to try the beers. Also, uh, he fed back that he believed that we were having a conversation about the Rainbow Project. Yeah, and we did Paul mention that. said that um, he believes it was left-handed giant who took on the Rainbow Project after Siren. 
but um, then COVID hit and it obviously stopped happening. Yeah, I mean, um, just wanted to mention those two charities, actually, Steve. That's all right. Yeah, yeah, um, go for it. So the £26, £13 goes to protecting uh, trees in threatened tropical rainforests through Rainforest Trust UK. And the other £13 is about capturing CO2 by improving the health of soils and UK farms with a charity called Soil Heroes. So again, really sort of sticking to what they believe in there with that. And yes, um, I knew there was a charity element and I just couldn't remember it. So I would argue that £90, um, while as a one-off payment would seem quite expensive to a lot of people, is still very good value, including the, the charity donation as well. But Mr. UNRCD, thank you very much for reminding me. I think there's a lot of people also saying at the moment that um, it's quite a good purchase as an alternative advent calendar. If, you, if you're into getting a beer advent calendar, yes, there's 26 beers in there, but you, it's the same sort of outlay that you're probably looking at for a 24 beer advent calendar. So actually, why not support this one this year and give a little bit of that money to, to, to charity? You know what? Hadn't even that hadn't even occurred to me as an idea. I mean, apart from you wouldn't you wouldn't be surprised when you pull out your next beer unless you get someone to pull it out for you. But I think that would be an excellent suggestion. Actually, I hadn't seen that. That's a really good idea. Continuing with the bittering lingerness on the same uh, show from Lou and Brew, Bud Light is the official beer of the NFL and in US stadia it's served throughout the ground. Craft beer is often available in small quantities, but you will generally have to walk around half the ground to find it hidden in a corner. From Dr. Goggles, had to laugh at Martin taking one for the team with a lavender beer. Given that Steve had sent him the beer, he didn't have much choice. Smiley emoji. That is still and taking one for the team. That is, still, <laughs> I did take one for the team. And even just talking about that lavender beer and hearing it mentioned earlier is making me want to gag. <laughs> Uh, homebrew rich at rich swain listening back to some old missed episodes opinions 154 and i can't agree more with martin about tea being a great pairing with fish and chips saying that a good american brown with fish and chips also takes some beating now you had a bit of a discussion on the back of that didn't you with rich yeah i think we did have a bit of back and forth yeah. actually uh, because um where rich lives was around the corner from where i used to live in colchester and um, I still haven't found a chip shop as good as the one which was 100 yards up the road from me. I don't think I'll ever be able to live closer to a chip shop again. Although when I was last place I lived at home with mum and dad, the chip shop was next door and the off-licence was downstairs. So I suppose as a combo, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's, that's everything you need, isn't it? <laughs> in, in, in one very small parade of shops. It's your main food group, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now some feedback from Opinions 164, Crossing the Divide, uh, from Ian Hay at II Hay. Really excellent listen, and Abby Dow are well worth seeking out. Uh, you don't have to tell us, Ian. We we know. Um, and from Simon Clark at Simon Carbon. Great show, guys. Jim was a great guest talking with enthusiasm and authority on all things Abbeydale. The talk of the 100-minute hop deliverance du double IPA sounds mouthwatering. Got to track some down. Do do track some down. You're just lucky we weren't drinking it on the show because you would have wanted it even more then. Yeah, I believe there's still some available on Abbeydale's website. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, did you mention that you checked at the time or someone uh, else did? Somebody else did. I think I think it was Paul, uh, UNRCD, uh, again, who, who checked at the time that it was still available. As he bought all of it, put it in his basket and said, oh dear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or you can buy it from me. Yeah, you can buy it from me. Uh, from FPL David, love listening to this 
this morning and by chance had Wanderer on tap at the brilliant Raven in Sheffield this afternoon. That is pure Tropicana. Joss at Wichita 77. Listen to the show with Avidale on the drive down to Devon and after all the talk about Deliverance 100 Minute Dipper, I was very glad I had one packed away ready to drink when I arrived. And finally, Guzzler at Lagging Boat. Great show, fellas. Always enjoy listening to great brewers. Some cracking feedback for Jim from Abbeydale there. Yeah, I mean, cracking feedback for, for, for the last two shows. Thank you to everyone who, who takes the time to, to, to feedback on what we do, especially um, like Paul and Lou did there as well, where we had, we had asked specific questions and, and they had fed back on, on those things. That's always really appreciated. And if you do feedback on a show, use the hashtag opinions and we will always try our best to, to feature all of the feedback that, that, that we get on shows, good or bad. Because like we've said before, you know, even even the bad stuff, you can make a you can make a positive out of. Definitely. And, you know, like as Paul pointed out, we did have we did. I forgot to mention the charity donation bit. So, you know, when you are recording, even with um, show notes, it's very easy to get wrapped up in the discussion and just completely forget to, to mention facts. So apologies for that. Facts will always be our downfall. yes not always sometimes we do do our fact checking but sometimes we just forget you know we are we are human after 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 all blame the beer i would say yeah i I would certainly the facts start dropping off more towards the end of shows (laughs) as 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 more beer has been consumed Uh, talking of which though this new skies from fine owls has not lasted long in my glass it's bloody delicious that is that is my kind of fruity beer. So it's got so many of those notes, which I think people like from the, the Nipahs. But what it doesn't give you is that breakfast juice, sweet finish. This still finishes like a beer. And you would still know that you are drinking a beer because of that earthy, dry, bitter finish. I, Absolutely I, delicious. I, I agree. I, I, there's nothing else that I want to add to that. It's really, really easy to drink um, a, a really tasty beer. And I, and I do hope that um, for all of these beers, that they don't just maybe become one-offs for these breweries. It would be great if some of these breweries actually incorporated these as seasonals or even part of their core range. Um, it, it would be great to see that sort of commitment from these breweries as well. Yeah, I mean, I think for some of the beers from some of the breweries that possibly what they've done is tweaked existing recipes as well i'm only making i'm making assumptions in certain areas but provided you don't if for those breweries who haven't steered too far away from perhaps their norm you can definitely see them being able to do that um because i know that you know we've got a few beers lined up that we might share in the future um when we're able to get together steve and there's like a, an ESB in there from a from a well-known brewer who does a lot of traditional styles as well. You could see that becoming part of their either not their core, but as mm-hmm. a seasonal, for sure. So I could definitely I could definitely see it happening. And especially if they find the benefits of using the, the bread as the waste product rather than it being chucked away and it becomes part of your malt bill. If you're topping it up with waste bread products, you're buying less malt. Don't know. Swings and roundabouts, I suppose, but it's a good start, that one. 
maybe hooking up with local bakeries, local supermarkets in, in, in terms of any, any surplus bread that, that, that's going and, and, and maybe just maybe just looking to incorporate it in future specials rather than committing to it being a long term beer. But yeah, like, like you say, it's, it's, it's the right way to go. And if and, and if this box does nothing else than raise awareness and make people think differently, then I, th- I think it's done its job. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like I said, I think the raising awareness and pricking people's consciousness has got to be the the ult- the aim. And then if you get some practical and proactive outcomes, it's a win-win, isn't it? Yeah, for, for sure. Let's move on to the, the second beer then. Now I've got, and I think I might have shot myself in the foot a, in the foot a little bit here, just looking at the name of this, because there's going to be a, a pronunciation issue here, uh, I think. I've got the beer that was brewed by Utopian, which unsurprisingly is a dark lager, and it's called Tamarv on toast, is what I'm going for. It might be Tamarve, it might be Marve, it might be Marv. Um, I feel like it was um, Tamarve, because I remember someone saying that on the evening. That's how I, that's what I think. It's, yeah, T-A, T-M-A-V, E, and it's got one of those little accents above the E, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, either way, between us, we've probably butchered it. Oh, I've absolutely I've butchered it seven ways, mate. There's there's no there's no denying that. Either it's a 3.9% dark lager from Utopian. I'm expecting big things. Um, because Utopian are one of those breweries that now very much sit in my mind as being able to do very little wrong. Oh, to be honest, I think that's more than fair enough. I mean, have you found anything you don't like yet? There you go. There's a good start. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I would say. I mean, uh, and it's not like you haven't mentioned Cernay every now and again. Oh, I was going to say, do you need me to bang on about how good Cernay is at, at this at this stage? Let, let, let's let's hold off on that for now till you've tasted the beer and see if you've got any comparisons to go with on that one. Okay. Um, I, I've got a beer from Strood or Stroud Brewery. So there you go. Another... Another butchering. This is butchery special tonight, isn't it? <laughs> well, here we go. And it's a Buon Viveur. So, Excellent. Yes. Uh, B-U-E-N, new word, V-I-V-I-R. So I'm sure that there's a better way of pronouncing it. An organic Hefeweizen. Definitely a style we don't feature often on this show, Steve. That That is true. Um, I, I, would, I would say that it's largely down to my dislike of the style but actually that's not true because we do tend to feature a lot of beers that we get sent by breweries um and it's just not a style that you see a lot of is it no when, when was the last time a major brewery in the uk brewed a hefeweizen uh off the top of my head i can't think of one and i doubt i would have noticed stroud brewery doing it if it hadn't been through this particular project by toast yeah so that, that it's just it's just not a popular style is it um i think i think there's a lot of love for it especially when people talk about you know some of the some of the hefeweizens you might have in other countries in in europe but maybe it's not one they seek out when they're over here i think home I think, i'm pretty certain some of our home brewer friends have definitely turned their hand to the style yeah, um, I think Mick is a big fan of a Hefeweizen, and, and I yeah. think he's certainly homebrewed versions of, of, of one before. So, yeah, uh, I mean, to be honest, 
I'm re I've read the description of the beer. It's not a beer you would have put your hand up. Go, oh, please let me have this one. <laughs> I can tell you that now. I'm, I'm not even surprised, mate. <laughs> not even a little bit. I really want to get into my into my dark lager though because it looks delicious. So, uh, cheers, cheers. Oh, that actually smells like um, slightly burnt toast. It does, doesn't it? I remember that. So I tried that on the evening, and that's exactly what I remember thinking. It feels like the toast has just been in the toaster for 10, 20 seconds, more than you would have wanted. It tastes like it as, <laughs> as well, and that's not a bad thing. That is that is a really nice flavour. It is like drinking liquid, overdone toast. Maybe that's what smarve means, burnt. Uh, well, would that make sense in the title, though? No. Burnt on toast. Yeah. So, yeah, we can't pronounce it. I don't try and work out what the words mean most <laughs> of the time. Um, so my one, I, I, I would just give you the first line, Steve. A full-bodied organic wheat beer with notes of banana and clove. No? No? You're, you're shaking no. your face and pu- shaking your face and pulling, out, pulling the face as well. I, I had a mouthful of, of my delicious dark lager then, and it, it just it soured in my mouth instantly. <laughs> <laughs> However, I think it's really nice. Um, Stroud Brewery, just aren't a brewery I know much about. But did they appear in that pub programme with uh, Tom Kerridge? They did, because they were... Um the supplier of one of the pubs or, yeah. or that at least they supplied beer or the, they were the most local. And I, I think I've had maybe one Stroud beer. Um, Do you know what is in my mind? Is it that's all, it, And I might be completely wrong, but I used to see their beers in garden centres. Yeah. And at the very outset of my beer journey, when it was one of the places where I could find different beers. And I wonder whether that sort of, always put them into my mind but i don't have them now Mate, I, I, think, them. I think we all went through that phase on our beer journey of, of discovering that occasionally garden centers would sell beers i spent hours in garden centers looking at, at beers when i first started getting in, into it because it, it's as you say it's where it's where you'll find some some local breweries that are that, that they know know who their target audience is so they they know they're liable to pick up a few sales in a garden centre. Yeah, I mean, I was always amazed because a I hated being dragged into garden centres anyway, um, and then I could be distracted by looking at beers, and then pick up a few. And yeah. I'm I'm pretty certain Stroud used to appear in garden centres, and it, they weren't even necessarily local garden centres. Um, this definitely ticks the banana there is definitely banana and clove the clove is a bit behind the banana in both aroma and flavor um i think it's got a really nice uh carbonation to it it's got that kind of hefeweizen carbonation which makes you feel like you are going to burp as well and there we go <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm actually finding it really tasty and authentic to be honest um this one has been brewed with organic so not just waste bread products organic sourdough bread i mean this is craft uh, this is that is ticking a lot of craft boxes isn't it i mean all that needs is avocado on, Hold on, on top a second. of it now oh. let me just check no 
<laughs> that would have been quite interesting, wouldn't it? Um, so apparently the the phrase, which uh, the name of the beer, is based on the belief that true well-being relies on a harmonious connection between people, their communities and nature. So do you know what that reminds me of? Our conversation with Jamie at Fine Hours again. Yes, very much so. That really ties into the everything that Jamie was saying about the land, uh, being the custodians of it, trying to give something back, all working together. Um, so as a title of the beer, I, I actually think that sounds really nice. It's a, there's a story. There's a story that they've, they've not just bought into, let's use some waste product. It's from a, 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 local, a local bakery and they've got a story behind it as well. And who knew that a beer from a brewery that I used to occasionally see in the garden centre would be doing a Hefeweizen? But that's that's one of the great things about this box, isn't it? It's it's not just those breweries that you associate with being craft breweries that are involved. There are a lot of the the, the local, maybe smaller breweries. There's some regional breweries in there. There's some there's some real big breweries it's, in there as well, aren't there? There are some biggies. I mean, Beaver Town and Guinness were both part of it as well. So, you know, it, it, it didn't discriminate in that respect, did it? They didn't get toast in turn around and say, we're only going to work with this particular subset of the, of the beer industry. They went with who wants to work with us, I presume. Who wants to get on, who wants to get on board? So it's a wide variety of people. So going back to what you said earlier, Steve, about it being in, uh, like an advent box, definitely, that would definitely work. There's a good cross range of styles. Um, good cross range of breweries, 440 cans, 330 bottles, lovely box, a few snacks. So yeah, I could definitely see that working. Might have to buy another one there. <laughs> well, you could take, you could essentially take the two toast own beers out of it and have the other 24 as your advent beers. True, but the two toast ones aren't part of their normal range, as far as I'm aware. So they're yeah. still, I think they're still specials. But yes, cool. you could and have like just completely random beers every now and then yeah. or or maybe someone in the house presents it to you every day. Um, so yeah, I, I, it does work really well. Interestingly, there's a there's a red IPA in there, Steve. Red IPAs are popular all of a sudden, aren't they? I've, yeah, I've noticed there's happen? a lot of them all, all of a sudden. Yeah, I mean, even recently, you know, that um, upstart brewery from Bakewell even brought one out recently as well. I, I know. It's um, all seems to have been since around about the middle of September. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what triggered it, mate. I've got no idea. Who knows? Who knows? While we enjoy these beers, let's um, have a little chat about what we've been up to. Um, and it's time for the Martin Show uh, again. What, what, have your, <laughs> what have your beery adventures been in the last few weeks, mate? Well, there's been a few. Let's go that route. I'm actually going to save one or two of them because I think it will tie in with our discussion on opinions. So, uh, again, because I have been getting out and about and I've been going in and out of London, etc. Um, I was actually on the way to see some friends further afield and decided that, all right, I've got to go to Surrey in the evening. Um, but on the way, I'll definitely have some beers because that's what you do, isn't it? So I met up with some ex-colleagues and um, after much changing of minds of one of the people on, on it and fortunately i don't think she listens to the show um we settled on a pub near london bridge which is where i needed to get my other train from called the rose and crown 
pub I hadn't been to. Um, five, seven minute walk from, from London Bridge, just tucked along a back street and had some lovely beers on. They had some good cast beers. They had a good, decent range of keg. And amongst the keg, and I think I sent you a picture, Steve, I went, Colonel, Colonel alert. Um, forced myself not to have Colonel straight away. Had some, um, I had something from um, Sam Brooks, actually. I can't remember what it was. Um, and a couple of other cast beers. And then I had the Colonel. So um, I think we had two or three hours in there. Really nice. It was, um, I actually sat outside for the first half hour, 45 minutes, because it was one of those nice, bright, sunny, autonomal days. And the sunshine was sort of just coming over a little bit where we were sitting. So it was actually quite pleasant. And again, I think it's better than being inside for a bit. So that that was really nice. Um, And I want to mention Bottle Share, which we mentioned a few shows ago as like we've made a, a return to it. August, a little bit of a soft launch with a few people outside and then September indoors. Um, the one most recent, uh, the first Tuesday in November, uh, we had a total of 13 people. Now, amongst those 13 people, we had one person who hasn't been, even notwithstanding the last two years, hasn't been probably for about three years. And he brought two people with him. Um, didn't explain the rules properly or they didn't understand the rules properly. There was some dispute about that on the evening, I must admit. Um, because they brought the required volume of beers to share amongst people, but different beers. Okay, yeah. yeah. So it threw us a bit of a wobbly for a little period of time. Um, and also um, a returning couple who came in September, were away in October. We we hadn't put them off. They came back in November as well. So, you know, what's really nice is that not only is the Essex Bottle Share continuing, we're actually growing, Steve. Mm. There was 13 of us that night. And that's minus, by rough calculation, about five people we're missing who are I would consider regulars. So we're not getting far off 20, in which case the alehouse is going to redesign its setup just for us on the first Tuesday of the month. And they're going to have to buy more glasses. I, I, I'm not sure whether it's... I know there have been times in the past where we've we've reached a stage of critical mass where we've, we've started having discussions about how to actually manage... The, the the evening so that you, you're actually getting enough of a beer to make it worth it because yes. I think even yeah. even if you bring in a seven fifty a seven fifty between thirteen people is still a stretch in in terms of getting a decent pour but then are you getting into the realms of well the minimum requirement is two seven fifties because then all of a sudden you're like hang on a minute that's that's a very costly outlay to well, come to bottle share there's an in-between which has worked out quite nicely i've noticed on a cut on the last couple of bottle shares there's a lot of people bringing two 440s okay because a they're fairly easy to transport if you've been in london for the day um you could probably keep them a bit colder as well and you are then upping the measurements just a bit the the, the pause so yeah the 750 can be a bit of a tough one and sometimes if you have one of the bombers from america at 660 then you are struggling and it may be we get to that point where sometimes someone goes, no, that really isn't going to be one for me. Don't, don't bother. But that's something which I think we can probably work on logistically. Um, But I'm just really pleased that we haven't become a bit of a closed group. We're still well, we must still be welcoming enough to people to come along. 
And I think that's a really great thing for us. So it's, it's really nice that despite the fact there's a core group of us who've been there since the start, other people, people have come and gone and people are still coming and going. Um, I, I just really enjoyed it. And again, as ever, thanks to the Ale House in Chelmsford for looking after us, supplying the glasses, letting us have the big table and, you know, making Tuesday night a bit noisier on a, on the first Tuesday of the month. So, you know, still love it. Um, and probably the last thing to mention for me, and like I said, I'm going to save a couple of them. Um, camera had a bit of a book panel um, at the parcel yard uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I managed to get myself a press pass invite. Um, they sent it out just to camera members as a, just an FYI kind of thing. And said, if you are pressing, you want a press pass, well, I'll give it a go. You know, the camera have heard of a podcast now. They produced their own one. Give it, let's see what happens. Um, and uh, I can't really remember too much about what they talked about because I've got myself thoroughly ESB'd, to be honest. Um, it was tasting absolutely brilliant in the parcel yard. It was by far and away the best cask beer they had on offer upstairs. I didn't see the main bar downstairs because we were directed upstairs straight away to like the, um, the, mes- the first level. And I think they also had the loft bar as well. And it was, I mean, what I say, I don't remember. It was a, it was a really nice chat amongst six or seven people, um, such as, you know, Pete Brown, re- people who've released the book, Gabe Cook with his cider book, there's the more with his new London beer book, and they were chatting about all of that to, to regards to the books they've all, they've all released. Um, chatting to some really nice people on camera for the evening. Um, pretty much certain I also left about eight o'clock after it was all done because I, like I said, I was ESB'd. I was done. I think there was a couple of pictures uh, from the night where it looked like I was sort of holding court. Um, and yeah, I got, I got home and Michelle got home after me and said, Oh, you're in. I said, yeah, done. <laughs> That's not how the press are supposed to behave, mate. It's, it's not. <laughs> um, and I will, I will do better at the next press event. <laughs> what was the, um, what was the purpose of the event? Was it, was it just for those individuals to promote their new books or were there some underlying themes that they were getting them to discuss in, discuss in terms of beer and cider and all, all, all the rest of it? I think some of it was about some of the challenges they've experienced at trying to get the books out. I mean, all of those, generally all of those books have been launched. I think Des Moore's London one is probably the one which is launching or just launched. Whereas obviously, as we know, um, other books have come out already anyway. Um, so I think they were, they were mainly talking about what about their core subjects. And it was hosted by uh, the guy who did the edit, who used, or maybe still is the editor, Tom Stainer. So he was basically just doing a bit of a Q&A to the panel. Um, I can't, I don't think we had questions from the audience. I do remember that. Um, so I think it was just, it was a bit of a promo about the books, but also about the challenges and the way they see things going in, you know, in the next six to 12 months, that kind of stuff. I mean, it was all very uh, friendly. It was all, it wasn't like Tom was doing a Jeremy Paxman on the, on the panel or anything like that. Um, did get a chance to talk a little bit about cider as well, which is quite nice afterwards. Um, and it has to be said, uh, Gabe has a, a fantastic moustache. 
that little twirl on that moustache is very well groomed. So, you know, but it was it was a pleasure just to get a bit of a cross section of information from people. And um, I just wish that some of the books they were talking about, I'd read when they were talking about them. Because I haven't even read like Pete Brown's Beer by Design book, that kind of thing. So that's a bit of a shame. And there's the Moore's books. I've got the last, the first two editions of his, is it London bars, pubs and beers or something like that? And he's done, the third edition is coming out. And again, they're talking about it. Well, like we spoke with Matt Curtis, your book comes out, it's out of date. Mm. Something's closed, opened, or new ownership, that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was actually, it was just a really fun evening. And it was a, it was nice to chat to people from, from camera. I was chatting to some of the people who, you know, literally do the organising, do the volunteering. Some really diverse people that I spoke to on the evening. Just really good fun. And I actually, I love the parcel yard as a pub. It's, yeah, it's, I think I think we've spoken at length in the past about the parcel yard, haven't we? And how it is, um, it's, it's very much a flagship of what, what Fuller's Bars can be, isn't it? I, I think so. I mean, as a, as a train station pub, I think it's awesome. I think for a mainline station in London to have that as um, a resource and it does have the departure boards in at least two places on the screens in the pub as well. So there aren't any excuses unless you see your train come up as delayed. Yeah, That's, that's always handy though, isn't it? To, to yeah. have that real-time information while, while you're sat there having a pint. Exactly. And like I said, I think it's just the feel of it, the design of it, pretty certainly did win um a design award when it first when it first opened in 2012 2013 but yeah it's just a pub i just have a really soft spot for and also it's a pub that i've often met up with ex-colleagues for a bite to eat and a few drinks and ticks a lot of boxes so yeah, yeah nice evening apologies to both you steve and and to listeners that i haven't got uh much more detail about what we were talking about on the friday evening blame the esb don't blame me too too much esb can be a Good or bad thing, depending on how you look at it. It was a it, it was a good thing. I I carried on drinking because it, it tasted fantastic. <laughs> so, but enough about me, Steve. What have you been up to, mate? Not not a great deal. Um, oh come I, on, uh, come on. Your your trip up north. Come on, let's have a little bit about that. I well yeah, but I was I was going to hang on to some of that like 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 you are for the um for the opinions discussion because. It, it, essentially, yes, I, I spent I spent four days in Sheffield, um, but it wasn't a, a, a beery trip. It, it was a it was, it was a family trip to see uh, a, a dear friend who I haven't seen since before the pandemic, and just to catch up and just enjoy each other's company and just just have a good time, really. And 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 beer was never ever the the, the focus of of that trip. Um, and it was it was quite interesting because obviously a few people got wind that I was in in Sheffield on, on on Twitter and they were like, oh, are you going here? Are you going here? Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not doing any of that. I'm not here for beer. I'm, I'm here for my friends. I'm here to see my friends. Um, however, that all changed on the Thursday of of, of our trip because um, my mate Jim knows that I'm I'm a big Thornbridge fan and and where they live in Sheffield. Um, they're 34 minutes on a bus from Bakewell, which I think he has kept from me for all these years 
Now, you and you and James used to be such good friends. I know, I know. I don't know why he's never shared this with me <laughs> be, before. Um, so we found ourselves on a on, on a bus um, going to, to to Bakewell uh, for for the day. Um, Bakewell's a lovely little village town, um, probably a town. town I would say, town. yeah, um, it's a lovely little place anyway. And we we, we got there, you know, we we, we had a wander around, we, we we had a coffee, and obviously we were in Bakewell, and there was only one place that I was going, um, <laughs> and and that was the Thornbridge. So so we walked down the the, the riverside, and we we walked down to the to the Thornbridge tap room, which I've not I've not been in the new tap room. Um, and it's it's a wonderful space that that, that Thornbridge have, have, have created, and by all accounts, it was um, it was all built during lockdown um, to give the staff something to do. They, they essentially repurposed one of their warehouses and, and and turned it into a tap room. And it is this it's this lovely airy space um, full of the buzz of chatter. Uh, there's a, a pizza oven in the corner where you can get fresh made pizza. And then there is the wall of dreams in, in terms of the number of taps that you've got available and, and the beers that you've, you've got there. And then there at the end is this shining orange beacon of, of a pump clip. And I'm going to regret um, this. It was on cask as well, wasn't it? Of course it was on cask, mate. It was, it was at the brewery. Um, I had already wow. declared on my walk to the brewery that it was a four pint Jaipur day. So um, I proceeded to have my four pints of cask Jaipur fresh from the brewery through a sparkler. And it just tasted as delicious as ever. It was, um, it was just, I don't have the words mate for how good that beer is served in its own environment. Now remind me, James, your friend, isn't a massive fan of Formbridge Jaipur, though, is he? Did he try it again? No, he doesn't like Jaipur. Um, he, he says it's too floral and perfumey. But he did discover uh, the day before we had been out in uh, Sheffield Town and, and, and we had walked out of the town to a, to, to a restaurant for dinner and, and we walked past one of the Thornbridge bars. Uh, I think it's called The Eagle. And um, he discovered Lucas in, in there and he he fell in love with it so he when, when we got to the tap room he proceeded to just drink lucas which is you know which is fine it's like there's there's obviously something for everyone there i was like the proverbial pig in shit you, you know drinking pints of cast jai poor I, I i really was i was i was having the best of times um and i also got to try the recent collab that thornbridge have done with neptune which uh was a i think it was an american brown owl and that was on cask as as well. Oh, and, bastard! And it was that was delicious too. Um, they well, were both... That's not. I'm not. That's not really a surprise with those two breweries getting together to produce a northern cask beer, is it? No, no. But it was it was so nice to to, to be back at the brewery. Got to catch up with with, with Simon as as well, and also randomly, uh, Matt Curtis was there <laughs> as, as, as well. So uh, bumped into Matt. Got to to see Matt in person for the first time in probably about three years, um, and and have a quick chat with him. And and yeah, it was it was it was lovely. Like, like I say, the space that they've created, and it's got a got a big outside space as well so in the summer it's an absolute sun trap you could sit out there and get thoroughly jai poured um just sitting in the sun drinking pint after pint of delicious cask sparkled jai pour 
now that you know that this bus route exists, does James understand what he's done? He, I think he's aware that there's potential we're going to be going on that bus quite frequently when, when we visit. I mean, 34 minutes there. And what was the route yeah. like? Was it, was it scenic in between Sheffield it, and It Bayfield? was, it was very scenic. Yeah, it literally goes straight through the, 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 the Peak District where, 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 where Jim lives. He's on the edge of town. So um, within two minutes, you're out into the peaks almost immediately. And then it's, it's all Peak District until you hit the outskirts of Bakewell. And you instantly know when you're in Bakewell because you look around and you're like, oh, it's Bakewell. And, and, you, you, <laughs> and, and the, the route that the bus comes actually goes past the end of the, um, the road access to the, the Riverside Brewery as, as well. So it's signposted. So, so I actually saw the signpost as well, and I got very, very excited. So, so like, next time you're not even going to bother with Bakewell Town Centre, are you? No, I'll just I'll just be going straight to, to to the brewery. But like like I say, it wasn't it wasn't just about me. We we had sort of like five children between us, and you, you know not everybody wants to spend the afternoon in 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 a brewery tap. So we went for a coffee. We went for a wander around town. Uh, and although I will admit as well, I did. Uh, and I don't know whether this is this is a shameful thing. I got beaten in a pizza eating contest by Jim's ten year old daughter who managed to devour her pizza from beginning to end before I did. But when did you start your pizza? How many jaipaws were you in? I was at least three jaipaws in at, at that yeah. point. Yeah, so yeah, I had a she, belly full of jaipaw waiting for that pizza. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confidently say James' 10-year-old daughter hadn't been jaipawed. No, no, she hadn't. She had, she a, had but capacity. It, it was wonderful. Um, and like I said, we did do a few other bits, but I'm going to hang on to talk about those until we come on to the opinions topic, because I think, again, like, like you've said, there's some relevance in there. Um, so just a couple of other things I want to mention. Uh, my 50 beers for 50 years is continuing. The, 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 the beer that I drew out on the last show didn't actually end up getting drunk because there are a number of beers on my list that are time and place beers. And it so happened to coincide with that trip to Thornbridge. And I was like, well, if there's a time and a place ever, it's now for Jaipur. Um, yes, I might run into it in a bar over the next year, but am I going to be at the brewery again in, in the next year? It's less likely. Yeah. So I was like, that is absolutely time and place. So, so that went into the 50 beers uh, for 50 years. Uh, and, and we're still progressing. With that. I think I'm up to about eight or nine beers now. Uh, and, and I'm still working my way through. And I'm still thoroughly enjoying it. You, you, you know, part of it is about revisiting beers that have a special moment, time, place uh, in my beer journey. And part of it is simply about clearing out the cellar uh, a little bit as well and getting rid of some of the beers that I've been hanging on to for years. When are we pulling? When are you pulling out another name then, Steve? Um, well, it'll be the next Us show um, because I've already kind of, I'm a little bit backed up now. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still progressing through. So then I think the next Us show, which I think will probably be the end of year show after this one, um, I probably won't even be drawing one then because uh, uh, there's a bit of a crossover between 50 beers for 50 years and 12 beers of Christmas. So, so there are some beers that are going into both. Okay, well, we love a crossover. 
So it probably probably won't be until the new new year now. But I'll, I'll, I'll give a I'll give a thorough and detailed catch up of my fifty beers for fifty years uh, at the start of twenty twenty two. The final thing I want to mention is that um, and unless people missed it, uh, I was on the radio again um, recently. I was on BBC Essex. They uh, we're, we're on kind of their I suppose their their call list. For, for when when they do certain subjects on certain shows um that they're aware that the beer o'clock show is based in essex and and they get in touch and say would you like to come on to talk about beer we're, we're talking about this particular subject and and this time they were talking about whether uh, people have fallen out of love with beer because there was a report in the, the the news from the pub that shall not be named who said they were selling less real ale and more cocktails um i'm part of me is thinking that I, that's people just simply refusing to give him any more money and they're finding local independent pubs to spend their money in instead. Um, but I, I, I went on and I got to have um, a bit of a discussion um, about whether I think people are falling out of love with beer and um, it just really skimmed the surface. Um, unfortunately, the discussion after it went off in a very different direction. Oh, um, God, did it ever. I yeah. carried on listening, Steve, after your 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 10 minute piece and the, the 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 next caller who found up he was 75 as far as he's concerned real ale died in the early 70s and i don't think he ever went back to it um, no. from what he was saying and it wasn't that wasn't really the point and you're right it did only skim the surface and i think we've got quite a lot to say about this at some point um but yeah it's i suppose it's one of these things and also you know, we've been on together and you've been on a few other times as well. I don't know about you. I'd really love it if whoever was asking that question had a bit of a love for it themselves as well. Every now and again. Sometimes it feels as though we're being pulled out as the token beer drinkers sort of thing to to, to fight the corner of, of, of the beer drinker, um, which isn't necessarily what we always want to do. I would have liked to have explored the discussion in, in, in a bit more detail um, and, and, and started looking in, in, into some of the reasons. Because before me as well, there was a, a, a bar owner on who was saying how she believes that uh, nobody's buying craft beer any, anymore and it's only real ale drinkers, but nobody's drinking my five lines of lager. And I instantly pictured the five lines of lager in my head. And I think I sent you what I thought they'd look like. And you said, that's, yeah. that's exactly what I thought. Um, but I, what, what I'll say is if, if people want to have a listen, I'm going to include a link in the show notes. It's about the 185 minutes into the show. Um, have a listen and, 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 and let us know what, what you think on, on, on the topic that we've been um, discussing there, because uh, it is, it's, it's an interesting one. Um, but I think it's one that, um, is built on that particular headline from that particular chain of pubs. Yeah, and it definitely would have been interesting if that could have been dug into a bit more. Yeah, rather than it being an industry headline, because I don't, yes. I don't know what the industry stats say about it at the moment. Um, all of the headlines seem to be around that particular chain. Well, that's... It's connections. They they are one of the biggest chains. People know who they are, whether you like them or loathe them. The pub chain that should not be named. Everyone does know who they are. So you can understand why they picked up on that particular headline and use it as part of their phone in for the last half hour of the show. Yeah. So no, well done, Steve, for representing the Bill Clock Show podcast on BBC Essex. Thank you. 
I finished my tamave on toast. Um, I also discovered that tamave means dark, apparently. So is this dark on toast? Or dark toast? Dark Burnt toast. toast. I'm sure someone's going to tell us that we're wrong. But did, but did you enjoy it? I did, actually. It was lovely. Um, Utopian just doing what they do really well. Uh, a, 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 another different lager style. Um, I mean, they do have a dark lager in, in their core range. I think that was a bit darker in colour. Um, I think that had a lot more flavour than maybe their standard dark lager had. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's what the bread brought to it. It, it, it. it certainly felt as though it had a lot more body as, as, as well. Okay, so it felt a little bit thicker to you as well. A bit thicker. I mean, when I had it on the launch night, I definitely felt like it was bigger than 3.9 based on mouthfeel, flavour and aroma. But again, yeah. doesn't, doesn't that just show you how good Utopian are? I mean, the way they can uh, mix and mould these different types of flavours and aromas when they're essentially using a lot of the same ingredients a lot of the time and they bring out something just a bit different, but always still enjoyable. Yeah. I, I love it. I, I, I love what Utopian are doing. Um, and, and, and I love when they bring out their specials as, as well. So that um, Fest beer that they bought out recently, which I think was their last kind of special release. Yeah. Um, just just incredible brewing, what, what, what they do. They keep going into um, old recipes and old brewing books to find new ways of making lager and bringing these styles that we've we've never seen on a on, on on a mass scale in in the uk before and i just think it's great that they're championing that yeah and it's something that they truly believe in you know we're both lucky enough to have met you know rich at utopian rich archer at utopian and they're, they're passionate about what they do they're passionate about using british ingredients about making the best example of the style they've chosen to do so I, I don't know why I'm constantly surprised by how much I enjoy their beers every time I have them. Same here. Um, I, I mean, without wanting to sound like a broken record, but the the the, the Chernay is a stunning beer. If 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 you've not had that black lager yet, then get some and and, and drink it because it is it is absolutely stunning. But also the the, the Rainbok that, that that they do as as well. Oh, that yes. is. Oh. And, and that's, I mean, that's one of their big ones. That's up there in like 7% territory. Yes. And it doesn't taste it, but it, you, you certainly feel it after a couple of those. Yeah, rain bot. Um, and, well, you know, we can talk about bot very soon, but um, my Hefeweizen, really good example of the style from Street. I'm so happy about that. Um, and again, another brewery that, uh, you know, maybe a bit more traditional, maybe a bit more regional. I don't mean like a family regional. Um, this is a 440 can, stylish design on the can. Really good example of the Hefeweizen style. Just goes to show that when uh, these brewers and breweries get the chance to flex their creative muscles, a lot of them can churn good stuff out. Well, and that may continue to be seen in this next beer that we're going to do because we're about to feature... A beer from meantime, aren't we? Now you wouldn't normally associate them with doing something a little bit 
out there anymore would would you maybe when they first started they, they were one of the uh, a lot of people will cite them as being one of the original innovators in, in 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 modern beer in the uk obviously they've they've dialed that in a little bit now but what well you, you introduced this one mate because you've you've had this before as well haven't I, you? I i did have this i was lucky enough to actually have it at the again the launch night but also while our, our good friend uh, Josh was there, who now works at Mean Time, but also he was there with a group from the brewery, including the brewers. So I was actually I was able to have a bit of a chat with them about it. So this is called TikTok Box. So keeping in theme with the whole Mean Time bit, it is a box. Um, I don't know whether you've noticed, Steve. Again, you know, recording night. What could go wrong? Eight percent beer. So before I say anything else about the what it's like, we should probably find out for ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, let's dive in. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. That is, it's thick. It's a little bit sticky. Uh, there's a little bit of sweetness in there. But you've got this underlying crispness that, that runs from the beginning to the end. Not, not so much in the way of bitterness on the finish, um, but a really clean finish to it but yeah whoa no you you don't get any hint that that's eight percent though no so referencing back to what you were saying about the uh the rainbow from utopian and i think these two beers are actually quite different in their representation of the box style um i was blown away i was literally blown away by this um firstly again you referenced it steve so when Alistair Hook first started out with uh, Mean Time, then yeah, when I was when I was it, I, I used to see be dating someone in Greenwich, and you see these lovely seven fifty cork and cage India pale ale bottles in places. Oh, I, I really got into it, and we know that that changed when when they've gone through. Maybe this is their second ownership. I can't remember now. By Asahi. Um and basically, as far as I could tell, they only did like two beers then the London Lager and the London Pale. But they have started doing some of these small batches where they've started coming out. It looks like they've been given a little bit of chance to flex their muscles and to be a bit more creative. Um, we, we've been lucky enough to try a few of them recently. They did one to time with a record store day. And I thought that was really nice. I really enjoyed the record store day, yeah. day one as well. Yeah. Really tasty. And But this one, 8%. So commercially, probably makes no sense whatsoever for them. Um but all those things you said about it, yeah. I mean, tell you what, it just, it's almost like a cross between a lager and a barley wine. Yes, yes, you've nailed that. It, it's special brew. That, that's what it is. <laughs> that, that's, that's, the minute you said barley wine, something can clicked in my head that was like, it tastes like special brew. Now, I, I, know, I know people are probably rolling their eyes at this point, but don't. If, if you haven't tried special brew recently, then you are missing out on an absolute cracker of a beer get some get it in your fridge get it really cold and drink it really quickly that that's the only thing because when it starts to warm up i think when it gets too warm then yes it gets sticky and it's almost like it go it's almost like off flavors towards the back end of it yeah but if you get it in that sweet spot between the ice cold and just starting to come up towards maybe cellar than room temperature i actually think it's really nice um, and it's probably a slightly different recipe or maybe a very big difference recipe to what it used to be because the ABV is definitely less than when we used to sell it in the off-license in the 70s and 80s. I know that much. Um, 
but yeah, for me, this is a lager style barley wine. The 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 bot we've got in front of us, and it's bloody delicious. And it's I, from meantime. I, I I agree. I I totally agree uh, with with what you said there in terms of lager barley wine hybrid. Really delicious stuff. I'm really surprised as well that that it's it, it's from meantime. And, and and as you said, we've you know we've been lucky enough to um, just does send us these kind of limited releases that they do. And, and, and this was one of a, a four pack that they sent out to us that uh, arrived recently. And I, ju- I just want to go through the other three beers in this four pack as well, because one of them is called Big Yak, which a, a lot of people remember that one of the beers that was a real standout back in the day were from meantime was Yakima Red. It, it was a, a yeah. early red IPA. And it was it was available in a lot of places, but they've basically done um, well a bigger version of that. It's only five point eight percent, so I don't know how big a version it is. But it's a red IPA again, another red IPA. There's a black IPA in there, and there's an Oktoberfest beer as as well. So I, I think you know we've both kind of referenced it and hinted at it that that maybe meantime have moved away from doing this more kind of smaller batch beers but actually i think they've just started redoing them again and they're they're bringing them out in 440 mil cans that they're some of them are largely seasonal some of them are linking in with events and 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 the fact that again they've got themselves involved in this toast companion series is is a great thing because yes their owners are a big corporate monster but that must be some acknowledgement that there's willingness to change there, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. And um, I mean, yeah, I mean, the Akima Red used, was a big favourite of mine. And it used, used to be able to find it in quite a few uh, foodie places in London, especially around Borough Market, partly because I think it looked so nice in the bottle as well. Yeah. In the 330 bottles um, versus the 750, which were always, always the cork and cage. I think sometimes they might have had the smaller cork and cage, and then you had that other design which just looked really elegant, but it was still a free first. The longer neck. Yeah. Didn't, didn't they? That some of the meantime beers had more, more of a bulbous bottom and a, a long neck to, yeah. to, to it. Definitely. Um, so I, I'm actually really looking forward to trying all those, but definitely the big yak. Cause I think Yakima red in back of my mind, it feels like it was closer to five. Yeah. And, and this is almost close, close to six, but yeah, you know, red IPAs, mate, who would have thought? I know. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, we just need that Yorkshire brewery to, to brew their one every year now, don't we? We do. Yes. Yeah. But um, we'll have an opportunity there, I think. But we'll come on to that in, in, in a while. While we're enjoying this TikTok box from meantime, let's get on to this week's question. Opinions, 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 opinions. Which was, went out with friends, family, colleagues. Is the beer choice still a priority? Uh, we had 538 votes on this. 61% of people saying yes. 39% of people saying no. I'm surprised at those results, but we're going to come back to our thoughts on this. Yes, on, you did tell me you were surprised many times over that 24 hours. So, yes, we'll definitely dig into that, Steve. Yeah. First up from Hugh at H. Yardley 33. Would be great if it had good beer, but when that's not available, you have spirits or other options. Andrew from A Finley 406. It's a factor, but less so generally. Need to find a compromise, especially in bigger groups. Michael, Mick McGorty. I think in my first couple of years of drinking craft beer, I turned into quite a massive bore when it came to going out. 
always stressing out over beer lists and never really enjoying myself if there wasn't a good beer on the menu. I found that when I got rid of that mindset and just tried to enjoy myself, regardless of the beer list, but I did actually enjoy myself more. In good company, I'm quite happy to drink any beer. Your boy, Rob Edwards. Definitely not. I'm lucky that I have a lot of friends who are into good beer, but it would be a bit sad if I refused to see anyone unless I was drinking special artisanal craft ale. From Jackie at Lambic Queen. It's always nice to have a choice of some good stuff, but family certainly far more important. From Andy Parker at Tabamatu. Caught up with all my best friends last night for the first time in 18 months and genuinely couldn't have given a fly in one about the beer options. From Bring On The Beer at Bring On The Beer. I think you'd have to be a 100% douche to turn down the opportunity to go somewhere for good company, even if it was somewhere you wouldn't normally go to or have something you wouldn't normally drink. I would drink Heineken and Spoons if it meant having a good time. Mark Johnson? Hell no. Always concerns me this. Had a fantastic day yesterday when the locations were mostly out of my control. Drank some wonderful pints of Sonoma, but also a lot of cores and, and Carling. People that put their beer preferences above friends need a massive talking to. Tanya Nexus, I think it depends on how the venue is being chosen. If a non-beery friend has already made arrangements to go somewhere they want to go, then that's obviously fine and I'll drink wine or gin if no good beer is available. If it's me doing the arranging, then I'll do my best to make sure there's drinks to cater for everyone. I went out with my colleagues recently to a pub they had chosen and did my research beforehand on what beer they served so I could decide in advance if having a beer or if I needed to choose wine, etc., and then from Laura at Laura31, I think we only really go to places where there's the least decent selection, to be honest. But what I'm choosing to drink more now is a straightforward beer that I don't need to think about and that doesn't get in the way of conversation. From Malt Miller Reiki. If I want to really relax and have a nice time, then yes, as it's just a waste of intake drinking things you don't like. Made even harder to go somewhere with crap choices, tend to spend the night thinking about what I could have been drinking at home. From Rob Zilla. Absolutely. I get it's a compromise, but if I'm out for a drink, I want something I'm going to enjoy regardless of the company. Otherwise, what was the point in leaving the house? Simon from Barley Wine is Life voted yes, although I wouldn't say it's an absolute priority, but it matters as I don't want to drink crap. Faux craft or macro craft is bearable from time to time in situations like this. And then finally from Kieran Lyons at KMP Lyons, beer choice is never a priority for me unless that is the point of the outing in the first place. For example, a brewery visit. So great comments there, Steve. Yeah, um, a real split in, in, in the views of people, though, aren't, aren't there? there was, I think there was what I found a bit odd that, um, and this has been reflective in a few polls recently, Steve, is that we had yes saying 61%, is it still a priority? But we didn't have 61% of comments reflecting that. No, most of the comments were from people saying no. Yeah, so it was almost like the people who voted yes, there, there was only a few brave souls who actually backed up their yes, rather than those ones who were quite who backed up their no. So, you know, it would have been really interesting to have a few more of those yes comments to, to, to dig into as well. I mean, there's a couple of comments there which really resonate with me, but you flagged up at the start that you were surprised and i can vouch for this listeners with my whatsapp messages from steve over that 24-hour period what surprised you the most steve about how the voting was going that's quite simply uh, uh, how many people in, and in its most basic terms 
how many people put beer before company? Uh, does it say before? I mean, the question is, when out with friends and family, friends, family, colleagues, is beer choice still a priority? doesn't say you're putting them in front of. No, no, but if beer's the priority and you're not happy with the beer choices, then potentially you're not choosing to go out. Um, I, 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 I reckon the 61%, I mean, I know that uh, Rob was very honest and forthright in his opinion, and I thank Rob for doing that, and I would expect nothing less, Rob, from you. I don't reckon that 61% were also then saying, I'm not going to meet up with family, friends, colleagues because they've chosen a pub with shit beer. Well, I think I think there's also another factor to add to that. And I, I think sometimes we forget this as, as well when we do the polls is, is that we're, we're targeting the polls a, 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 a number of people who follow us who are very in the beer bubble and the beer community and enjoy their beer. So maybe the 61% being the majority shouldn't be a surprise to me because we ask this question to people that are very into their beer. I, I think probably my, my surprise comes more so from my own experiences recently and the, the way I now approach drinking when I'm out as, as opposed to maybe when, when I used to. I mean, I mix comment really resonates with me in terms of um, being a, a, a bit of a bore when he first got into craft beer and that he wouldn't go to anywhere if there wasn't any craft beer available or he'd, he'd sit there and moan about it and, and not drink anything. That was me. That, that's exactly what I did um, a number of years ago. But I, I think I've moved on now to thinking that, that actually that sometimes that the beer is simply the liquid in the glass. And the important thing is who's sitting next to you, across from you, with you, while you're out. Um, the, the, the liquid in the glass is secondary to the experience that's going on around you. I don't completely agree. So I'm still partying with my hard-earned cash. So I sincerely, as a bare minimum, want to enjoy the drink I'm having. Um, so for me, a couple of comments really resonated. So uh, from Michael at Bring on the Beer, um, I would drink a Heineken and Spoons. But Spoons tends to be a place that there are still times I can't persuade my parents to go somewhere else in Milton Keynes. And the last couple of times, the beer offerings haven't been great. And I've gone to my default offering of Guinness. They don't, they don't get Guinness wrong. Guinness really let people get it wrong in the first place. So um, I, I, I get that from what Michael's saying. But I tell you whose comment really resonated with me is Tanya's. It also depends on who's chosen the venue. And I would often do that little bit of a look up. But if I'm doing the organising, which happens a lot to me, then I will start off by looking at what I like. Because you... I'm, I'm one of these people, if someone takes on the work, you get choices. So if you're the driver, so like when we, you drove you drove us up to York, Steve, your music choice. So happened, but I liked it, but it's your music choice. You're the driver. So I think that should apply the same way. Now, I would do the same as Tanya, though. I will have a look at the wider drinks list and the type of venue it is and hope it ticks a lot of boxes. Um, but equally, if I've completely stood back and said, all right, it's up to you, you book it, you sort it, tell me when and where, then obviously I go with what it is. But I've got quite a wide range of drinks I have. I love white wine, red wine, I love gin. And the chance of not finding Guinness 
Although that little bit of disappointment when you find it's one of those Guinness pumps which just foams up the can is always a bit upsetting. I will actively avoid those. That that's yeah. probably the one time I will only ever avoid Guinness is is, is when it's a surger plate because that's yeah. not that's not what I want from a draft Guinness experience. No, I can do. I can I, I can shake the can at home if I really want to do that. I don't yeah. need you doing it in the pub. Um, so I think it's a bit of finding a, a bit of balance a lot of the time between who's organising it, who's doing it. And I still maintain, I don't think a lot of people voted yes and say that if the beer wasn't good, they would actively avoid friends, family and colleagues. But if you're the one doing the organising, I've seen no reason why you can't try and look after yourself as well as others. I see no problem with that. Or let some other fucker in the group do the bloody organising sometimes. I, I, I get I get that if you're doing the organising, but if it's uh, impromptu or, you, you know, you find yourself somewhere, sometimes you don't have the the time necessarily to do that. And an, an experience that I had quite quite recently that, that, that lends itself to this was I, I was at um, I was at an event with work with the day job and we went out for a beer after now that is a rare occurrence for for, for me on for, for two reasons because one that the nature of my job normally means i'm driving so i i won't normally go out for a beer after a thing because i'm driving and and two i generally hate the people i work with and and, and i don't i don't want to be drinking with, with them but it had been a good day it had been a good event and there was a beer offered at the end of the day um i knew i had a 15 to 20 minute walk to get back to my car from where the event had been. So I knew I'd have time to walk the beer off. We were in Southend. Um, we were on the seafront. The choices were limited in, in terms of where we were going to go for a beer. They are. So we ended up in one of the seafront cafes um, and uh, it was a group of eight or nine people. From that eight or nine people, I'd say 90% of people went for Peroni, as, as did I. Bottled Peroni. It was, it was a simple choice. Um, one of the group looked at the, looked at the menu and said, "Oh, they've got one of those IPAs." And uh, my ears pricked because I thought the phrasing <laughs> was really interesting <laughs> on it because it, it it means that these aren't beery people by by any stretch of the imagination. They're just people that they like to go out and have a drink and get drunk, and y- y- you know. But it was that phrasing of they've got one of those IPAs. So it's it's like IPA has clearly become a phrase that is is. Is, is quite widely known now in, in, in terms of beer and craft beer. I had a sneaky look at the menu and it's Green King IPA. Now, I guessed that that was probably bottled Green King IPA as well. And, and I was kind of sitting there secretly hoping that nobody had ordered that be, because that was going to be a very, very bad experience if, if they had. Um, but I sat there, everybody was chatting. We were talking about how well the event had gone, how much fun we, we had had drinking my Peroni, not even really thinking about what I was drinking um, and, and just, just enjoying the company, which again is strange for me being as it was people that I work with. Well, strange that it was company, Steve, let alone people you work with. Um, I, I get that because obviously working in the city, uh, there are definitely times when we will end up either drinks at work or uh, drinks outside of work where it's completely out of my control um, and definitely wouldn't necessarily tick the appropriate boxes if you are I was going through a list of venues near work the one they've managed to choose the one which would be nowhere near list number two but yeah sometimes it's all about the evenings about the company it's lots of other factors but and I think it should never be a it should never be a blocker in my mind so 
although I agree with a lot of things that have been said, and I, I can I can see what other people have said, it shouldn't block you from enjoying yourself. In my mind, I, I, don't get me wrong. I do get the point about the the if you're going to have the, the drinks, it should be drinks you enjoy. Like I said, you're in a cafe, so again, whatever the list was, it was going to be a fairly limited drinks offering. But let's assume that generally, when you do have those kind of nights, you end up in a pub. There are still some default drinks often that you can you can you can back up onto, and it's probably also where some of the macro offerings do work. You know, if they've got Heineken taps, there might well be an Equal, for example. Yeah. yeah. So you do get into that kind of realm sometimes as well. And I've I've gone to a few of those nights in the city, and people are going, "Oh, let's go ahead." I'm going, "Okay, oh, we've got Equal." Oh, okay. And but and, and like you say, and like we've said, and like others have said, there's always Guinness, which is 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 a good, it's it's a default for 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 a lot of people, and it it certainly was for me when when again referencing my recent trip up to to, to Sheffield, we we went out for a meal. Um, again, there's nine of us, so there's there's four adults, five children. Um, so straight away, you're, you're almost limited in the choice of places where you're going to end up to that have got space to accommodate that sort of size group. We ended up in what was kind of a hybrid sports burger steak bar type place. Um, lots of macro offerings uh, and Guinness. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm actually really in, a, in the mood for a few Guinnesses. And, and I, I just stayed on the Guinness all evening and, and, and I, I, I really enjoyed it. But everybody around the table, uh, there, there was something for him that, that M enjoyed drinking. There was, there, there was something for Jim. Um, Jim, Jim's wife, Katie, always drinks wine. So she, she was quite happy to drink wine. Um, and, and then obviously there's, there's plenty for the kids as well. And for, for me, I, I, I sat there at that moment and, and, and I thought, you, you know what? This Guinness tastes amazing. But I don't think it's necessarily the Guinness. I think it's what's happening around the table right right now. And I think some of that is is obviously the fact that I haven't haven't seen my mate in you know two and a half years. Um, but it was just we were just having a good time. Place and time, isn't it? So yeah, and that was a similar experience I had. Um, went to a Thai restaurant after I'd been to the Rose and Crown near London Bridge um, for a a very good friend's 50th birthday. The reason it was a Thai restaurant is because they had fallen in love with um, Koh Pan Yang when they'd gone around the world. And I, uh, when they got married in 2007, I went out to their wedding in Koh Pan Yang, had a wonderful time. I've been to Thailand a couple of times. It's definitely when I was there, it was definitely macro lagers and it was generally beers like Singer. And I sat there having some wonderful Thai food, really good conversations with people and drinking 660 bottles. You know, like you get the large mm. cobras and kingfishers, similar for singer in the Thai restaurants. And still had a still had a thoroughly good time. No problem with that at all. I could easily have gone for wine if I wanted to, but I don't mind a, a singer every now and again. In the same as when I go for an Indian, I will have a cobra or a kingfisher. Um there'd be no and literally for the I quite like my food spicy. There's probably almost no point in having anything too fancy anyway it's going to be a bit lost in all those flavors so i think time and place people then yeah i would i would still always say for me when i'm organizing something i really i really organize meals but you know say for my wedding steve mm -hmm. i was very conscious that i have been to so many weddings where the drinks choice has 
I actually think been really poor, even though you were at a wonderful, happy event, that the beer side of it has never been thought of at all. Oh, they have a beer. That's it, done. Um, I was very conscious that what I wanted from my venue was they did have a few good beer choices. And if I wanted to enhance that selection, they would let me. And I was lucky enough to be both able to afford to do that and also that they were willing to let me do it. So we were, I was able to combine that. Don't get me wrong, all the weddings I've been to where I don't think the beer choices have been good, I've still found something to drink and by the end of it, I've been very fairly merry. But I still think that if you're organising something, then I don't see any reason why you wouldn't consider it. But it should never prevent you, in my mind, from enjoying those moments with your friends, family, colleagues, even people you don't like, Steve. And there's a lot of people you don't like. So, so you know, yeah, it's probably easier to list the people I do like. Um, <laughs> but I, I think there's a, there's a thing there, though, isn't there? Because I, I think and, and I think what was it that final comment from from Kieran about? And, and, and less the point of the outing is beer. Now, I, I think if, if, if we organise next year's summer sesh and we just ended up going into a load of chain pubs that offered macro offerings, I think there'd be quite a lot of people that would, would be very upset with, with that. But there'd be two bodies in the canal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> floating face up in, in, in Birmingham Canal on, on, on the Sunday morning. Um, but I, I, I think... It, it, it's a little bit about knowing your crowd, isn't it? So, so, so we know that, 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 that people are going to come to, to, to the summer session, enjoy their beer. So, so we're going to cater for, for, for those yeah. people. And we're going to try and make sure that there are a range of different styles and offerings and bars and pubs and tap rooms. And we, we, we're going to try and tick all of the boxes to keep all of the people happy because that's the purpose of, of, of that trip. But there are sometimes that the purpose of the trip isn't that and, and and I think I think still for me bringing it back to the question you you normally ask me how would I have voted I would have voted no on 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 this one because I'm in a place right now where um sometimes that the beer is secondary for, for me it, it's more about the company and and I, that, that might just be a a place in my drinking journey where I'm at or it might be you know as a result of having spent the best part of the last 18 months not going out that actually going out and spending time with people is the thing right now so I, I don't necessarily care what's in the glass because I'm still having a good time with the people that I'm going out with and I get that completely get I do get that completely for me it would never be the absolute blocker I think that'd be really, I think that'd be actually really quite sad if, if that's the blocker. But I still respect the people who said that was still a priority for them and that they wanted to do that because at least they were honest enough to back up their yes votes uh, for starters. But for me, it would never be the oh sorry, I can't make it, I'm washing my hair kind of moment. Why would you why would you do that? You, you don't know when you if if the last 18 months or two years has taught us nothing at all. You don't know when you might see these people again. Absolutely. Yeah. Almost literally, you might not, you don't know when you're going to see these people again. So when the opportunity comes up, you take it. Live, live life for the now. 
Definitely. That's, that's the that's the one take takeaway from this. Uh, as always, um, loads of fantastic comments on this. What we featured tonight was really just a snapshot of 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 them. Um, there are a lot more comments, and if you want to have a read through all of those comments, there'll be a link in the show notes to to where you can find the question and and all of the comments after it. Continue to use the hashtag opinions if you want to carry on getting involved in this discussion or anything that we do on the show, and we'll find you and make sure you're included. How is the TikTok buck going down, mate? Uh, for an ape, simply, it may be a bit too fast, Steve. Yeah, same here. <laughs> but I've, I've got to say, the condition of this beer is, Lovely, is fantastic. It? I've got such a beautiful lacing around my glass. Um, I'm just I'm blown away by this, actually. I said, uh, do you know what? That was, again, taken aside from all the good messaging we were talking about. That was a real highlight for me in the evening. Is is oh, they really want to start doing some different stuff again. We've had a few beers, but this was like a this is like a standout of the beers they've released this year of trying to do different things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we called Josh a friend, but he did send us that Sabro beer as well. So, you know, friendish at times maybe, but you know, we are very lucky to have 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 someone who you know listens to the show. We genuinely get on. We've spent time with him and will send us his beer. So, again, very grateful uh, for that happening. But they're doing an 8% bock. I know. It's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, and this and, is a tasty bock as well. And that's the thing. Again, we wouldn't say how we wouldn't say it was really good if it was a bit shit. And it's not. It is, it's way too drinkable for the 8%. So, in that respect, it's got similarities with Utopian's bock because that was stupidly drinkable as well. Yeah. Now, I know you've had far more from this companion series than, 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 than I have, obviously, because you went to the event and you've bought the box as, as, as well. So you've been able to sample a lot more on, on the whole, because I think certainly from my point of view tonight, I think I've struck out tonight. I've had three excellent beers, I've had three beers that I would happily um, go out and buy a multi-pack of, of, of these beers because they're that enjoyable. On the whole, of all of the beers that you've tried from this series, been of that same sort of standard? Honestly, pretty much yes. I And again, bearing in mind we're talking about a collaboration series with 25 different breweries, or I say 25 different breweries using the same, having the same sort of ethos to what they're trying to do. Brewing a very good cross range of styles from an there's an eight percent which we're drinking now. There's a one percent, one point seven percent raspberry and cranberry in there as well. So I mean it's a diverse range of beers, and yeah, I mean the the Hepburn's Old Ale I really loved. Um, the 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 beer that Guinness did really enjoyed that. So there's some there's some really good mix of beers, mix of breweries. Um, your Utopian one, which you said was a bit burnt toast unsurprisingly beaver town when they did their dark beer had that sort of smoky edge to it as well um which put me a bit bit in mind of some of their you know like smog rocket kind of thing um i haven't had i haven't had a bad beer and if i'm talking like untapped pretty certain we're talking three and a half out of five and above for all the beers i've i've had so far that in itself speaks volumes doesn't it yeah because i'm quite stingy as well if I'm being honest, and yeah, I think you've mentioned it to me a couple of times as well. So in the past, um, I, yeah, so I've been really impressed. I think the the the, the quality, the, the value of it, the ethos behind it has all been really good. And I've still got a few more to work my way through. 
and um, hopefully I won't drink too many box. So I think I've got another one of these tucked away. Um, otherwise, I will order another case and treat myself to a whole <laughs> advent. So would, would you say it's 90 quid well spent then in, in, in terms of for what you're getting? You're getting because you're getting 26 beers, you've got a glass and you said you get a load of snacks as well. Yeah, if you, it just sort of say, say it was 30 beers, that's three pound a unit. At mm-hmm. 90 quid, but you are getting the snacks, you are getting the glass. It is really well packaged. There's a number of 440s in there. I would say ultimately the actual cost of the beers are no more than almost buying supermarket one-offs, which generally, in my experience, coming at a starting price around three quid for the 440 new releases. So it's not like they've overpriced it either. So I, I don't really think anyone's making any money out of this. Well, there's a, there's only a limited number. I'm sure I read somewhere. Is it there's something like only two thousand six hundred of these boxes available? Um, because it's all ties in with that number twenty six, doesn't it? Yeah, COP twenty six. Yeah, isn't it? Um, I hadn't realised it was that limited. I'll be honest. Um, yeah. So personally, uh, on 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 value for money and the quality I've tried so far, I ha- I ha- have no regrets about spending my ninety quid. Well, if if you like what you've heard. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes if there are any boxes still available um, where you can find one of the boxes to, to, to buy and try for yourself. Uh, obviously, we'll say that both the Bok from Meantime and the New Skies from Fine, we were gifted as, as, as part of other packs that were sent to us. Yep. Um, but as always, um, that doesn't influence our thoughts in any way, shape or form. But yeah, if it's something you fancy or if you've already got one, we'd love to hear your thoughts on, on these beers and, and, and the box as well. Again, use that hashtag opinions and continue to get involved. Martin, what is coming up on the next show? <laughs> something carnage? We have, yeah, it, it will be carnage. Um, some which it's probably long overdue, but I think timing wise is going to work out really well. Lee from Brew York listened to the show. He's a fan and a friend of the show. Um, in fact, there are times when he mentioned something about the show and me instead of going, oh, did we say that? He knows we said it. Yeah. Um, so he will definitely know we've made the errors as well. So Lee, when you're listening, we can't wait to speak to you on the next show. And we have been discussing what beers he might send to us. There might be a bit of a downhill moment. What towards the end? Judging by the beers he's sending to us, it might be in the middle, Steve. Yeah, well, it might be at the start, <laughs> even. But, but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to finally having having Lee on the show with, with, with us. It is it's long uh, overdue, long, um, long overdue. Yeah, and and that will be a a great discussion. Uh, before we get to that, uh, one final call out for our listener survey. Um, this will close at the end of November. We are very very grateful for everybody that's taken the time so far, and we are obviously continuing to use some of that feedback in the way that we produce the show so please continue to be as honest as possible there's a link in the show notes to that as well click through take about five minutes to to let us know your thoughts on the show and with that all i've got left to say is thank you so much to our listeners for joining us once again um we'll look forward to sharing more opinions with you soon cheers cheers all the small things true care truth Right, best.